everyone, I'm Keith Urban. And I am incredibly confused about being Conan O'Brien's <laughs> friend. <laughs> Can I say, a lot of people lately have gone nice, you know? That was an honest one, Keith. <laughs> Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hello, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, a podcast where a uh, well, a chipper young man named Conan O'Brien goes in search of finding a friend. Uh, chipper? Young? <laughs> <laughs> I think of myself as young. Um, age is just a number, man. Oh. Until you die. Uh, <laughs> okay. Sona is joining me, my assistant, my trusty assistant, Sona Mobsessian. Yes, How are you? I'm doing great. And, uh, of course, Matt Gorley. <laughs> Are very yeah. Sorry, my leaf blower's back on. Oh my god! Every time we start, this happened last week. I know it sounds like a, it's like an old man with asthma. <laughs> it's just a, it doesn't sound like a good leaf blower. No. Oh. This is like the second <laughs> week. You know, we should explain. Sona and I are in the same studio, but uh, Matt Gorley is in his lovely home. Want to tell us exactly where you live? I'll go as far as to say Pasadena. Okay, exactly. You're in Pasadena where apparently um, all they do is blow leaves around from one side of the city to the other. It's insane. I know. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been trying to talk to you and we've had to wait for the leap blower. Today we decided to just go ahead. Listen, is he still there? He's he's heading to the back of the backyard. Isn't that so funny? I stopped to give this guy room to blow leaves. And what does he do? He stops the minute. Yeah. He made you look like a fool. He did. I think he does this on purpose. I think this is someone from a rival podcast. You know? What? No, it's someone with another podcast. A rival podcast? Yeah. Yes. Do we have a rival? Would you say Yeah, we... it's got to be Joe Rogan. Yeah, it's Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, my big rival, Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that would be, you know what we need to do? We need to establish who, are, who my rival is so uh-huh. that I can have a rivalry and shit on them and put them down and blame things on them and have schemes to topple them. Podcasts, it's all, it's all such a friendly vibe. What if it's someone who's not at all, like two people who are talking about astronomy, like completely different. Yes, that's what it should be. It should <laughs> yeah. be like comedians. Yes. It should be someone who's got a very thoughtful a well-produced podcast on astrology yeah. or mental health. And I just tear them a new one <laughs> every mental week. Health. Mental health. They're trying to help people. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, helping people. <laughs> a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's got to be someone who in no way deserves it <laughs> and appeals to a kind of small niche market but is doing a really good service for humanity. <laughs> And I just shit all over them. <laughs> and I, I just amass my legion of fans. <laughs> or maybe two elderly women that talk to you about how to stay, you know, mentally healthy and alert. They have a small following, but it's all done with such good humor. And I just, they just wake up in the morning to phone calls. Like, we don't know what's happening, but you've just, people are so mad at you right now. This guy, Conan O'Brien, Conan O'Brien, what, who is it? Why? We just want to make people our age happy. Yeah, let's start some beef. Hey, is the leaf blower gone? It's moved to the back of the backyard, so it's a little quiet. Do you know, can I just ask you a question? Who is this leaf blower? Our, it's our landscaper. Wait a minute. What? This is your wasn't. Matt. It wasn't before. This is someone you hired? This one is. The one last week was not. Okay. Even though that was just minutes ago for us. Okay, let me ask you something. Couldn't you, yeah. maybe because this is someone you're hiring, say, I'm doing a podcast during these hours, and then he'll say like... Which podcast? And you'll say, well, it's Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien? Oh, God. You, are you Matt Gorley? Do you know him? I I would, but you changed the time of this one right before we started recording. I had this all quiet and ready to go. Oh, so it's my fault. Yeah. And he came in right as we had started recording, so I couldn't go out there. I didn't know he was going to be there. And I don't want all these leaves in my yard. (laughs) 
even think leaves are falling right now? Oh, they're going like crazy in my backyard. What are you talking about? Overnight. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. I think someone's just dumping leaves in your yard. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're in Los Angeles. I don't see a lot of leaves around. My backyard is covered with leaves and ash right now. It Mm -hmm. looks like a hellscape. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds like you live in the only part of Pasadena that actually exists in Vermont, in (laughs) northern Vermont, because of a weird hole in time and space. Um, What else? You know, I think we're having a good time. What? You got nothing. I've got nothing. I want to say quickly, I think, Gorley, you've done an admirable job with the show. Sona, I think you're phoning it in today. (laughs) Oh, I do. What? I think you're kind of phoning it in. First of all, I did ask you to bring me an iced coffee with almond milk. Yes. And you got me an iced coffee. With almond milk. On the side, which is what I asked for. That's not almond milk. Okay. That is the, it looks like if you took, if you made a very thin soup out of a tiny piece of chalk, Mm. that's what it looks like. It looks like something that would leach out of my bone marrow. (laughs) I tried, I poured all of it and it didn't change the color at all of the iced coffee. Wow. Um, That's not my fault. I saw them take out a container that said Starbucks. What, you don't like Starbucks now? I just think when there's that many of us st- of something, how could it be good? Well, okay, I'll go somewhere else next time, I guess. You want to go to a small guy's place to get iced coffee. Like, oh, there's old man, you know, Giamatti. And he's got, <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, Sona, how are you? And you go like, yes, I'm here for, oh, I know Connor, he likes the thick almond milk. <laughs> you know, you're going to a Starbucks. They don't care about me. This isn't almond milk. It's close by. It's close by. Oh, okay. It's near. So oh. that's how you pick your surgeon, right? Okay. He's yeah, a surgeon the surgeon that same. lives at the end of the street. Yeah, that's the same. Yep. I needed that thing removed from my cerebral cortex. You're Where'd right. you go? Did you go to uh, the best hospital in L.A.? Nah. There's a guy at the end of my street. Mm-hmm. He's so close by. And don't say that they're not on the same scale. Uh, something wrong with your cerebral cortex and needing surgery and me getting almond milk from my coffee. Oh, you think they're on the same scale? Pretty okay. much. Matt, what do you think? No, I disagree. Yeah, everyone would disagree because yeah, that's I stupid. I mean, frankly, I think you're being a bit of a prima donna here. I uh, thank you. This is not almond milk. <laughs> this is like they took someone's dim memory and made it into a juice. This is a vague memory of a picnic long ago that a very old, old man had, and then somehow they turned it into a broth. Oh, taste it and take us through that memory. Okay, I'll take a little sip. Mm. Mm. 1922, Ah. a very unremarkable picnic. Nothing really happened. (laughs) At one point, he did think he saw the love of his life, but she was killed by an asteroid. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Did you say nothing really happened at that picnic? Yeah, the story changed. I'm like, uh, oh, Henry, you never know what's going to happen with me. Well, you know what? You're welcome. But I do feel like you've been phoning it in today so far. That's not nice. Well, I'm I'm sorry. I'm giving you a job review. That's part of my job is to give you a job review. Well, I think you're, I think you suck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I'm so glad I'm at home. (laughs) But please complain about your almond milk more. Well, I just want to say, and I don't want to hear people say I've lost perspective during quarantine Mm -hmm. and that there are bigger problems in the world with the election and everything. Right. I think I'm very, very uh, in tune with what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an absolute tragedy that you brought that shit in here and called it almond milk. (laughs) During a pandemic. I went to a Starbucks Mm -hmm. with a mask on, Mm -hmm. waited in line. That's it, the mask. Socially distanced. Did you put the mask on your eyes? Because you know what I think happened? I think when you said, I want almond milk, they saw that the mask was covering your eyes and they all started giggling and they drained a radiator (laughs) into a cup and you brought it here. That's what happened. You think I had the mask on my eyes? I know your mask is very large. And sometimes it slips up a little bit and covers your eyes. And I'm so stupid. That's why you bought that ostrich, remember? (laughs) You thought you were getting a chicken leg. Anyway, <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> All the misadventures Sona has when her mask slips up. Oh, Matt, I envy you. Oh, I know. Where's my leaf blower? Come on back. All right. Well, we got to get into it. We got a big show today. Big show. <laughs> it, what, what are you laughing at? That's a thing people used to really say about their show. I know. It's just... Only you transition from me having my mask on my eyes and doing dumb stuff to like, okay, let's get serious. Well, we got to settle down here because my guest today is a four-time Grammy Award-winning singer. You got four Grammys, Sona? No, do you? 
<laughs> no, only three. <laughs> For what? Latin Grammys. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. I stole them. <laughs> My guest today is a four-time Grammy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and record producer who just released his 11th studio album, The Speed of Now, Part One. Uh, I am thrilled he's with us today. Keith Urban, welcome. I just want to say I've been really looking forward to this because you are you're a brilliant musician who's also a really funny and uh, very friendly and winning person. And so I've really wanted to talk to you. And I'm I'm a frustrated. A uh, very mediocre guitarist, and so I, I live in perpetual awe of people that have your ability. It really freaks me out and angers me. I'll be honest with you. I'm very angry with there you right you now. Go. I was Heard. waiting for the honesty to come out there, Conan. <laughs> I just can't help. And it. you didn't let me down. No, Thank I didn't you. let you down. But I am nope. getting your hair. People, the other day, someone said, "How long are you gonna?" I've not been cutting my hair, and I did have the thought. I want it to get to Keith Urban length. It's not there yet. Right. I will not look like you when I, I have I wish it. I could make mine do that, the pompadour thing you do. The, I the, know. The, I can't. It, it won't do it. Mine, uh, and I know that people want us to talk about our hair together. This is what people like two men to talk about. Mine could do it up till it got to a certain length, and then it collapsed. My pompadour Are we collapsed. talking about your hair still? Yes. Okay, good. My, yeah, the, I wasn't- Okay. Oh, for God's sake. I feel like I've unleashed a monster. <laughs> Try this around the house for a while and see how it goes over before you take this to the stage. All right? This is the new, really okay. filthy Keith Urban that I want to see. I want to see this now. <laughs> I want to see people talking about it like, man, I, I love his new album. It's fantastic. And I saw a show. Oh, my God, though. He does 40 minutes in the middle in between the new material that's absolutely disgusting. And filthy, and people were taking their kids out, and it's just really upsetting. But this is Keith's new direction. It made the aristocrats sound like the Wiggles had written it. I mean, really, it was. I knew you'd bring up the Wiggles. You didn't know it's going to bring up the aristocrats. I didn't know that. I knew you'd bring up the Wiggles and uh, ACDC, or as you guys call it, Akadaka. Where are you at, Conan? I'm in Los Angeles at a uh, secure location. Uh, I cannot be harmed in any way. I'm in an airtight cubicle. Right? No poison tea for you. No, nothing for me. I'm next on the Kremlin's list. They've been wanting to take me down for a while. Uh, so are you in your home studio? Is that what you are right now? Uh, well, I'm home. My wife says hi, by the way. I said I was about to chat with you. She said, please say hi to him for me. Oh, yeah. I've had so. lovely conversations with her several times. Please tell her I said hello. Conan said hi. Uh, yeah, cool. So much for your soundproof studio. <laughs> That's a really shitty space you have there. If she can hear you. Yeah, uh, we have a lot to talk about. The first thing I want to tell you for some re- over the years, because people find out that I do screw around with the guitar, I've acquired many guitars. I've been given yeah. many guitars. What are your most precious guitars that you have? You know, that famous old question of there's a fire in the house. Right. Uh, you're going to run in and save one. No one ever includes family in that question. <laughs> I don't help my I'm, family. I'm, I'm handing them guitars, by the way. Um, <laughs> all hands on deck. Nicole, yeah. I'll be back for you. I just have to get this Telecaster. It's got a rosewood neck. You don't understand. I've got yeah, Telecasters. I've got a few of those. A 51 Nocaster. That would be high on the list. I have Waylon Jennings guitar. That would be high on the list. Oh my God, sure. you have, which now which guitar was this? Does it, does it say Waylon on it? Because uh, I would hope so. It's, uh, well, close. It's it's the leather-bound, leather-wrapped 1950 broadcaster that Waylon played for, I don't know, 20-odd years or something. And, he ha- and it, ha- it came with the huge strap that has Waylon written on the strap in, in leather as well. Crazy. Yeah. If I buy a famous person's guitar, I want their name on it. Yeah. That's uh, that, that sounds like an absolutely gorgeous guitar. Uh, I think one of my prized possessions, uh, if I had to list one, is a 1946 Martin D28. There you, you go. Have, do you have one as well? Yeah, I do. Yeah, with a fat neck because they had no steel. In exactly. The neck. That was going to be my uh, question to see if you really know what you're talking about because mm. metal uh, couldn't be used for non-war purposes. Correct. So, I just lost yeah. about half the audience for the podcast <laughs> right now. People are, that's the sound of people. <laughs> There's no trust rod, ladies and gentlemen, in a 1946 Martin D28, because all the metal was still being consigned for war use. 
That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Keith and Coda know their stuff about guitars. That's pretty good. I'm watching how many people were losing no, on the we've, podcast. We've lost the, la- the last 12 have gone now. That's it. There were 12 That's, left, and now we're down. Now we're down to nine. Um, so now you're working on this. Is, blows my mind. It's your 11th. You're, you're coming out with your 11th studio album. The Speed of Now Part 1. You're a young man to have 11 albums. Well, that's a relative term, isn't it? I mean, but I... I hey, fuck I mean, you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm 68 years old, but I fought for this country. I fought for this country in the Korean War, and I think I did a good job. You're damn right you did. Good for you, Cody. <laughs> I did real good. I did real good. Sorry, I shouldn't have shouted at you. I know it's early in the morning where you are. I've had a lot of, uh, you know, diet soda. I really I honestly didn't start this interview thinking I was going to be shouting fuck you to Keith Urban. I really did. That's not how I say yeah, Okay. Yeah. It's number two on my list. That's right. <laughs> Only two. Wow. No, you should see what's number one. We haven't gotten there yet. We will. But um, that's an incredible achievement. That's amazing. Uh, it's. I love making records. I love being in the studio. It's. It's been a really, I'm glad I do because in the last, you know, obviously this year, there was no touring and I just poured everything into the to the record and getting into the studio. I probably was dragging my feet on finishing this particular record because I knew there was no tour looming. So I just stayed in there and stayed in there and didn't want to finish the record. I really miss audiences. I love mm. audiences. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I find now that if I'm wearing my mask and I go to get some takeout food to bring back to the family – and someone recognizes me even with the mask on and I start joking around, if they start to laugh, I put the food down and I stick around. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well with these people. And then I'll get home and I'll tell my wife, Liza, I, I went and I got the food and I'm coming out and this, this man and this woman, they, they recognized me. And then we started, I start, they started laughing because I said this thing. So I, I was really killing. I was really doing it. She right, was like, this is right. so sad. This is sad. sad. Yeah. Just like sad. three people with masks yeah. on. <laughs> Whatever. I've, I've got my takeout, my, my oily takeout food. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, but I don't know if you feel the same way that you, you'd yeah. almost want it. You'd almost be willing to go on a street corner at this point if it was socially safe and distanced. Yeah. And busk, just just play for people, just to sure. see the reaction. Definitely. Um, and I'm going to drag you over here for a second because I'm about to lose power to my laptop. I literally is watching watching the thing go down, and I'm like, it's going down at two percent, one percent. I'm going to lose you in a minute. This is perfect. Okay. I saw that. I thought I thought that I was uh, seeing a measurement of your interest in me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm, Keith Urban's interest in me has gone to, now to 2% yeah. down from a- No, that was, they're not uh, correlated. Um, <laughs> the, the good thing is, is I can plug the computer in. Uh, but <laughs> okay, it's time for the second fuck you to Keith Urban. I'm sorry, but it is. Come on, come on. I had, that, I had that coming. I really did. I well, really I didn't did. want to. In, I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, you're you're killing it at Chipotle story, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll wait. Till. <laughs> How did you know it was a Chipotle? Well, I just took a wild guess. Well, yeah. you're good. Damn it, Urban. You're very good. You're very very good. Um, yeah, I. I know that, well, you did a very nice thing. Uh, you played a secret show at a drive-in movie theater and you did it for healthcare workers. They were thrilled, I'm certain, but I'm sure it gave you a uh, real joy too. It did. And it was, um, I mean, even for that short time of not being on stage for a few months and then being on this stage at the foot of a drive-in screen, playing to a bunch of people in cars, which was quite surreal. I got to say, I've done some odd gigs, but that was quite surreal but to know that we were doing it for all the healthcare workers um was was really great it turned out to be a really good night i was worried at first because i thought well i the only thing i could envision would be like the the movie cars and i would there, there would be mater out there and other, there would be all these that's, that's what that I the cars would be the audience they would be exactly. living beings they were cars yes that's what i thought but it turned into more of a tailgate party I mean, everybody was Anywhere but in their cars. They were on the roof, they were on the hoods, they were on the backs of their pickup truck, tailgates. It was really, really fun. I keep looking for silver linings during this time, and I think there are a lot of them. And I think uh, that's 
I mean, to me, that goes back to almost, you know, wartime USO shows, you know, people, right. entertainers right. saying, this is something I can do to make people happy. This is a way I can yeah. share. And you get that connection. You get that live connection that I can only now get in the Chipotle parking lot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, it was the parking lot. Getting it was better, the parking it's more lot. more detailed now. Yeah. Now, to be, to be honest, Keith, I hang out there a lot pre-COVID. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, you know, something that I think there are probably a lot of commonalities between, say, the world of comedy and comedians and music. One of them might be, I love working with people I haven't worked with before. I love trying to lock in with them. And I know that that's something that you really enjoy is collaborating. You know, when mm. you get to yeah. work with someone, who are some of the people that you've collaborated with where you really felt like, oh, we, we, were, like lo- we were like lost, separated twins. We really clicked. Well, Nile Rogers would be yeah. one of those yep. people. I mean, someone I've, I just pestered and pestered everybody I knew to try and in, get me an introduction with Nile years ago. And they finally got us together. And I went to New York, took my banjo with me. It was such a Nashville moment. I walk into the-, <laughs> the that's, such a, that's such a classic story of, <laughs> did you step out and look at the tall buildings and go, wow, <laughs> <laughs> these sure are tall. Keith, you've yeah. been here- Hundreds of times. <laughs> I leaned out the cab window and said, Mick Dundee's the name being town. I'll probably see you around. Um, <laughs> but I got in the studio with Niall and he got his guitar out. I got my banjo and we started playing and we literally just clicked like, like long lost brothers. We jammed for ages and ages. And he's, he's stayed a very good friend of mine ever since. He actually, I called him up to come and play on, a track on this new record, and uh, he's just great. He's one of the greats. You uh, you worked with BB King, is that true? Yeah, and I got to play his guitar, which Lucille, which was crazy. So it was me, BB, and John Mayer, and oh my gosh, there was one of the who was that? Now it's early where I am. Yes, you know we can add now. it when you think of it. We can add it later. Clearly, not your voice, and insert it very badly. <laughs> so suddenly it just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> suddenly it just comes in uh, in a very different voice. It's your yeah. voice, and then it just says Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> With the little arrow right above. Exactly, the little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the little carrot. Buddy Guy? Exactly. Was it Buddy Guy? Oh, thank you. Yes. So uh, it was a Grammy tribute to Bo Diddley, who I'd also played. We opened a show for Bo Diddley at uh, the Bottom Line in New York. Oh, wow. So it was, it was, it was surreal uh, getting to meet him, and then all the years later getting to do this tribute to him, uh, me and, and Buddy Guy. And B.B. King and John Mayer, the four of us got to play together. It's incredible. Do you find yourself now when you are meeting younger people and they're talking to you about the influence you've had on them, have that disconnect of why are you talking to me? Do you know what I mean? I think, I think people never really get over that. You must be getting that a lot where young, young musicians are coming up to you and saying, yes, I remember when you did this and you're like, Come on, man. Where I'm, what are you talking to me like I'm a, an old Civil War yeah. soldier for, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a strange double-sided compliment, isn't it? You know, at the, at the same time, you, um, it's great to have influenced anybody. And then it's like a, a, re, a, a reminder how long we've been able to do what we do, you know, both of us. And, and how amazing it is that we get to still do it, really. That's the big thing of Biggest thing of all is we we still get to do it, whether it's in a Chipotle parking lot or whether it's here or wherever okay, it is. We don't need to keep harping on that. <laughs> I'm just saying I really was getting big laughs from this couple. And then they had to go and I walked with them for a little bit and they seemed to get it. They got a little creeped out. When you start asking a question, Conan, do you get about halfway through asking a question and then start to go, where the hell am I going? Yes. Because I'm, lis- I'm listening to your question and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I thought, you look like you're thinking the same thing. I, um, I often- See, but like right now, like right now. Yeah. What I like to do, what I like to do, Keith, and this is my method, okay, is I like to ask a question and I like to begin the question not knowing exactly where it's going to go. And I like right. to keep talking and talking until a question presents itself. 
Uh, that's my method. Uh, and I can see that you're a big fan uh, of I that method. It. It's fascinating. <laughs> I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching a guy on a typewriter with blindfold, just sort of like stepping gingerly along the typewriter. Oh, no, 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 no. Trust me. I, I don't know fallen, what's happening next. I have fallen off the tightrope uh, many times. Uh, right. In this interview, I've been killed six times. <laughs> <laughs> you're the you're the Nick Wallander of comedians right here. It's great. <laughs> so okay, so they tell you, all right, here's your day, Keith. You're going to talk to Conan O'Brien early in the morning, yeah. and he's in Los yeah. Angeles, and you've got to drink a lot of coffee, and uh, and you're going to have to talk to this guy. And yeah. what's going through your mind at that? Are you thinking, can we push this off? Is there a way I can get out of it? Uh, what if we said there's a technical glitch? Is that what's happening? I was totally looking forward to this, Conan. <laughs> okay, Serious. Pa- past tense. Serious. Serious. Um, no. I'm delighted too. I I am delighted because, uh, well, for many reasons, I I mean it when I say, and I've noticed this between comedians and musicians, that comedians are very envious of musicians. I think all of us want to be doing what you're doing. And occasionally I'll meet musicians that I can tell are kind of more interested in comedy or I feel like they, that's kind of what they want to be doing. There have been times where I've been doing benefits and the musicians say Bruce Springsteen comes to mind. He'll go out there and he's Bruce Springsteen. So he can play any one of 180 songs. that's going to delight everybody but yeah. I see him backstage working on his jokes. And I'm thinking, what the fuck are you doing? You don't, you don't need to. And he's like, ah, I'm going to start with this one and then I'm going to go to that one. And I see him out there trying his jokes. And like, <laughs> one will go fine. And then the next one's like, eh, not so good. I'm like, Bruce, you don't it's have good. to do this. We have yeah. to do this. Because yeah, yeah, we right. can't do what you can do. Do you know what I mean? I'm very, uh, there's a lot of envy here uh, talking to you because I'm thinking, wow, I've, I've seen you play. I've seen you play uh, live. And I'm like, God damn, if I could do that. I've always felt like the calling of the comedian is probably one of the hardest, right? I mean, it really is in, in entertainment because right. you're right. I can, if I'm not getting to an audience, I can whip out Sweet Home Alabama, right? Or I can, there's something I can, there's a go-to. Is there a go-to joke? I mean, is there equivalent of that? Yeah. Yeah. They're called dick jokes. <laughs> you just start talking about your dick and- uh, Works every time. And look, look at her. There's someone over there laughing- um, you know, you just, yeah, you talk about the penis, uh, yeah. you, how it's, it's, it's not functioning properly. Uh, there's a cyst and suddenly everyone's laughing. Wow. It's wow. terrible. It's really, yeah. yeah. Try it. Try it. The next but time you are, get stuck on stage and you don't want to do Sweet Home Alabama. Right. The penis. <laughs> you discuss the penis at length. Great. I'm going to, I'll try it. I'll see what happens. I'll let you know. Um, listen, I... <laughs> This is very good advice I'm giving you, Keith. <laughs> I know you think you've had a great career up to this point. I'm telling you, it could hit the next level now. You just uh, have to start- Dick jokes. Dick jokes. Uh, <laughs> In between these incredible sorry. songs, yeah. you need to stop. Why do I hear Bruce Springsteen doing them now in my oh my god, your story? I'm That's telling you. The best. The uh, best so anyway, the other day, uh, I'm up at a urinal and- uh, <laughs> Pull it out and... Uh, oh, no, Bruce, Bruce, no. No, Bruce. Ghost of Tom Joad was so beautiful. Do that. Oh, I'll get to Ghost of Tom Joad. Anyway, so I unzip and I take out the old... Oh, my God. New Jersey Python. Why did why did I suddenly think the Ghost of Tom Joad? Okay, right all right. I don't, I don't, Keith, <laughs> Keith, now you're stepping into... First of all, you're taking my advice, Keith. You're taking my advice, and look what's happening. Already, oh already, yeah. we're killing it. I'm telling you. <laughs> we heard it uh, now. Uh, this the new album. After the speed of now, part one is the Ghost of Tom Chode. That's uh, yeah. You that's heard it here out. first. And yeah. I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna play the zither on that. Um, <laughs> not since not since Good Vibrations. Have you heard a theremin? You're, I'm gonna play the theremin. That's what I'll there do. You go. <laughs> 
couple of years ago, I was at an event. Uh, you were sort of a surprise guest at this event and you ended up getting pulled up on stage. It was someone's birthday party and it was not many people there. But you did something that I, I, was, I was very impressed by uh, and I know it's nothing to you, but you jumped up on stage and you didn't know what they wanted you to play and someone just shouted out, Sweet Home Alabama. And you just went right into it. And I think your wife at the time, was in, who was in the room, said, oh yeah, he's just a human jukebox. He can play literally almost any song that you can come up with. And what impresses me as a hack guitarist and someone who's, that's my dream. I would give up everything if I could do that. And so I knew, I was in the crowd and people were saying like, yeah, Sweet Home Alabama. And I think someone tried to play it before you, but didn't know it. And you got up and you know, it's in D or it starts in D. You knew all the licks, you knew everything. And I was like, shit, I would give everything to be Keith Urban. I would give it all right now. And now all, now all I have is an approximation of your hair because of COVID. Right. But uh, right. is that true? Can you really, would I be hard pressed to come up with a song that you couldn't think about? And I'm talking about like a top 40 yeah. hit from the 70s or 80s and 90s that you couldn't just knock out? Of course. I mean. Don't say of course. <laughs> say, well, Conan. No, no, Conan, I couldn't possibly. It's beyond me. For, to, of course, of course you could play any song that makes me, no. that enrages me. No, I didn't mean in that. I literally meant when you say, is there something I could play that you wouldn't know? Oh. No, 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 no. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. I grew up playing cover bands. Sweet Home Alabama and Freebird are kind of one and the same. And you just have to know them, you know, the certain songs you just have to know. Right. You grew up, I mean, you started playing really early. But I failed music at school, which is part of the reason why I left when I was 15. I was playing in a cover band uh, during the weekend and those guys would play without me during the week because I had to go to school. And I said to my mom and dad, you know, you can legally leave school at 15. And they're like, yeah. And I went, well, October's coming around. <laughs> I think it's time for me to to play five nights a week with this band. And so they, luckily they supported that and I quit school at 15. I mean, I wasn't cut out for school. I just wasn't. So you're quite sure that if you had given school another year or two, you wouldn't have locked in and become uh, a, a biophysicist. Pretty sure. you're, you're pretty sure that if you... Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, spoken like a true guitar player right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith, I took a different route. You see, I kept at it with school and now I make an ass of myself for a living. So I think you made the right call. I really do. Thank you. you knew, you had this, I think one of the greatest gifts in life is to know at a very early age what it is you love. And you just knew. You were eight, nine years old when you knew this is what I want? I kind of almost like this is what I was doing. This, I mean, this is a strange analogy, but, and yet it, it rings true for me, and you may feel the same. Uh, someone said to me, you know, when did you decide you would do music for your life? And I said, that would be like saying, when did you go from crawling to walking? And then went, I think I'm going to walk for the rest of my life. Like, make that decision. Playing guitar and music for me felt as natural as just walking. And I never thought about doing it. I was just doing it and I never stopped doing it. Were your uh, parents musical? I mean, I, I think your dad was a drummer, right? Yeah, my dad played drums. Um, he never got to play professionally. He was doing that when I was, uh, before. I think before he met my mom, he played in a band called the Ricochets in New Zealand in the, in the late 50s. You know, the problem is when you're a drummer and you don't have people that you're playing with... <laughs> I started on the drums. It's true about the drums, isn't it? I mean, you could you could set them up on a street corner, but you'd be like, and you remember this one. <laughs> Every, and <laughs> I was like, what the? <laughs> yeah. Now every breath you take by the police. <laughs> All right, what else do you want? <laughs> Come on, sing along. In the mood, Glenn Miller. <laughs> yeah. Do you play, how many instruments do you play? I, I just get the sense that you play a lot more than guitar. I can hack away on a few, you know, um, sort of self-taught piano player, a guitar primary instrument, but I can play a bit of drums, a bit of bass. I play a bit of bass on my records, some, a little bit of keys. Please tell me your hands are insured. Right. You know, that used to be a thing in the 60s and 70s is that people would put out in the press uh, a great opera singer had his throat insured, uh, an, an attractive woman had her legs insured by Lloyds of London. I think that'd be a good thing to restart that up again. What would you insure? 
I would ensure uh, your hair. Obviously, I think it'd be the hair. Yeah, it would yeah. probably be the pompadour. Would be insured, and I would put it out there that it was that it was insured for fifteen million dollars with Lloyd's of <laughs> oh, London. At, what might happen to it though to actually <laughs> allow you to claim on that? I think an attack from a bird. <laughs> I think a Ooh. passing bird. Right. Pepsi commercial goes awry. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much, exactly. So many things could happen to my hair. I don't even want to get yeah. started, but I'd like to think it was an animal attack of some kind. An animal that became frightened of that orange thing on my head. Mistook it for a nest. Well, uh, Sona will tell you that uh, when I walk around, even though I am a supposed to be a comedian, I think I have a guitar on almost all the time. All the time. Sometimes he holds up rehearsal just so he can play on the guitar for a while. And uh, we all just stand there watching you. And uh, I get the sense people really hate it. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. You're just you're not Keith Urban. Yes, that's yes, the point. I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah. No, you're you're very good though. I'm, no, I but they wanna... shout often. You're no Keith Urban. Yeah. While I'm at rehearsal, right. and they and they shut me down. Yeah. That's a tough crowd right there. That is a tough crowd you got. <laughs> no, they're all assholes. Keeping it real. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to ask you something about. It's a thought I've had, which is. Country music, it comes from Gaelic and sort of Celtic influences somewhat. I saw this in Ireland. When I was in Ireland once, everyone in Ireland was obsessed with country music. God damn it, they love their country music in, mm. uh, in Ireland. And then I was mm-hmm. thinking, yeah, Australia, maybe New Zealand, places that have been colonized by the same type of people. There's this connection to some of the sadness or some of the regret that's in country music. Does that make sense to you what I'm getting at? Yeah, the drinking. Let's get to it. Come on now. That's what <laughs> I tried. I tried to put a nice spin on it. <laughs> okay, yes. We're talking about people that like to drink and then like to be really sad and talk about it in song. That's right. Gosh, I had an alcoholic father, so there you go. It it, it all goes together. I look, I mean my my connection to it was because of my dad's record collection. He loved American country music. Uh, he loved America, so it all it all went together. He would he would have loved to have spent his whole life living in America. Probably wish he could have been born in America. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we can we can write a song about that right now, and uh, <laughs> as long as I get sixty percent of the royalties, <laughs> which I think is fair, because I think I'm the bigger name in music. Um, and so you don't you weren't even aware that you were doing it at that time, but that's what drew you into the music possibly and that kind of music. It's so weird. I didn't really have a plan. You know, I didn't really have a goal. Um, I was probably in the late 80s when I was playing in a, um, a cover band. I wasn't the lead singer. I was the keyboard player, guitar player. And we had a pretty decent following. I was about 20 years old, going on 21, and we had a pretty good following. And I said to the lead singer, we should write some songs. You know, so we got this audience coming every week. And he's like, that's great. So we'd write some songs. We're still pretty good. And it'd be in the set list and people like Moni Moni and Sweet Home Alabama and all these cover songs. And there would be our original. And me and the band would be like, all right, here it comes. Here it comes. We're going to get to play our own song. Yeah. He would blow it off every time. He'd be really? like, oh, skip, the, skip that one, boys. Let's do, uh, let's do some, you know, whatever the hell. Let's do some Akadak or whatever. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I just went, I'm done with this. This is a dead end, you know. It's never, we're never going to go anywhere. We're going to write our own song. So I left that band. The drummer and bass player left with me. I said, we're going to go do our own thing. We went and formed another three-piece band and did fucking covers the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't make any money. Because they the work. Records. People are happy when you play the cover. <laughs> are, you in, where, are you in Australia? Are you in New Zealand? Where are you? I'm in Australia. Yeah, check it out. Look. Oh, I'm right there. There I am. Oh, my God. Gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's what I'm looking at. That is, uh, is it Sydney or Perth? That looks, yeah, yeah looks, Sydney. Sydney. That's, that's I did Sydney. a show there. There's an old theater downtown. Yeah, State Theater. Yeah, State Theater. I did a show there. Best audience. Just a fantastic crowd. That's where I learned that ACDC is called Akadaka. Because I didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. And uh, they kept talking right. about Akadaka. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know ACDC. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Sounds like a Bucks Fizz song or something, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Like, no. Uh, you know what? I've, I was 
very much looking forward to this uh, and thrilled to talk to you. You too, Seriously, always. You are, I always like talking to you. You are inordinately talented and I want another six hours of your time. <laughs> Well, I asked. Sorry, lost really... you. Sorry, I lost you there. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost you in the canyon. You go. You're not in the yeah, canyon. It's... What the hell? I can see you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Absolute thrill talking to you, and uh, thank you for exposing my complete inadequacy uh, as an interviewer and uh, making fun of me because you showed me the way. <laughs> you showed me the real me, and I have a lot to think about now. I want you to show me the way. Come on. I you want do it. you show me the way every day. Oh, now, when I want to hear this. Listen to this. That's a note very few people can hit. Keith, I don't want you to even try it. Yeah, or, or should. <laughs> or should. Really. You know, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I sang a song with Lou Reed once at some benefit, and they the idea was to get a lot of comedians on stage, and all of us were going to do Take a Walk on the Wild Side, I think, together, and each of us was going to take a verse. And all I wanted to do was freak him out because he was so super cool and being so, you know, Lou Reedy up there, and he was doing mm. his thing. And so when it came my turn, I said, I sang my verse, and at the end, I said, you know, uh, uh, t- you know, hey, take a walk on the mountain. I said, hey, take a walk. I said, Ashama. And I did that. And he looked over <laughs> like someone had tased him in the ass with a taser. And, and, and I afterwards, we all walked out. We all walked off the stage. And he was like, hey, man, what was that? <laughs> What was it? And he wasn't upset. He was more just like he'd been singing Take a Walk on the Wild Side for like 50 years at that point. And suddenly someone broke it and he he was just bewildered. Anyway, you've been very patient to listen to me babble. Uh, Uh, Yeah. And uh, I am very uh, excited about uh, this is your 11th. I can't get over it. 11th studio album, The Speed of Now, part one. And uh, I'll make sure that we mention that. Several times in the uh, in the introduction because you do amazing work uh, and you know what I really appreciate you talking to me. Thank you very much, sir. I bow to you anytime. I bow to you, and when next time I see you, I will ask you about the D twenty eight nineteen forty six. Mark, yeah, let's get them. Together. And everyone around us will be bored. <laughs> let's do it. Take care, Keith. Thank you very much. You too, Conan. Bye bye. See you soon, brother. guys want to check in with some voicemails hear the voice of the people mm-hmm. i think it's important that we at least pretend to um engage with the people and uh, and we should hmm. hi conan i'm calling from your hometown brookline mass one of the elementary schools is getting a name change and there's a huge list of submitted names two of my personal favorites are the conan o'brien school and schoolie mcschoolface <laughs> so if it does end up being named after you what should the mascot be and why thanks bye Wow, that's that's cool. That's incredible. So this is someone calling from Brookline, Massachusetts. For those of you who like history, Brookline, Massachusetts uh, is the uh, birthplace of John F. Kennedy. Mm. Oh. Also, uh, yeah, you can tour his house. It was the house that he was born in cool. in 1917, I believe. And they taped audio of his mother taking you Rose Kennedy. So you go up to every room and you push a button and she says, this is the room where all the children would sit with their toys. (laughs) The ambassador, because his uh, father, Jeff K's father, was the ambassador to England. The ambassador would sit there and read his papers and the boys would play with their toys. And then we would all say, it's time for bed. And then you'd go to, you'd, you'd go to the next room and you'd click on it and go, this is the ice box where the boys and the girls would get their iced treats. And just like literally, and I was thinking, I always thought like, wow, I hope I'm someday famous enough that my house in Brookline is set up that way so people can go and push buttons. Only I want it to be me 
doing Rose Kennedy. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the room where young Conan <laughs> would torture his younger brother, Justin, and pretend that he was going to suffocate him. <laughs> Here's the room where Conan was cruel to his sister, Kate. He would force her to cut off all the hair of her dolls. And then he would laugh and say, ha ha, you've ruined your dolls. Oh my God. At Conan O'Brien Elementary, you could do these school announcements. That's like that. true. I so badly want this to be, first of all, I'm curious who's getting a name change. I don't know, uh, but um, I would love it if they named a school after me. I mean, that would be my dream because it would be hard for me to be bullied at a school that was named after me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or would it be more likely? Yeah. Maybe. Would, You're I right. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. What would your mascot be? That's right. What would the, I mean, what would the mascot be? I don't know. I also, you know what? I would love a school to be named after you, but Schooly McSchool is that the other one? That no, she said? don't. That can't That's be. That's really cool. Yeah, but no, that can't happen. And that gets used a lot. Aww. Yeah, it gets yeah. used a lot. There's that that joke has been used a lot. Uh-huh. Like when they, you know, how what are we going to name this boat? And Bodie McBoatface one. Remember that <laughs> it was like a yeah. naval ship. And they, yeah, and a bridge too. I think a bridge was called Bridgie McBridgeface. Yeah. So yeah. I think that no, I think and and this okay. is I have no skin in this game at all. But I vote for the Conan O'Brien Elementary School. Okay, and Let's I think that would be a. Great Great idea, and I would show up for the ribbon cutting, and I would do all school announcements. They could call me early in the morning. <laughs> you could relay the message to me, Sona, and they could. You could tell me here's what they need to announce today. Okay. Would Stephen Giappetti please report? To the- <laughs> Are you still Rose Kennedy? <laughs> would Stephen Giappetti please report <laughs> to? The principal's what is, office. What is this? What? What's wrong? Wait, are you still doing? You're still doing Rose Kennedy. Yeah, yeah we'll do it as Rose yeah. Kennedy. Oh, I thought that was just for the tour of your house. Now it's for everything. Well, I don't know that my house is going to become a shrine. I don't oh. think it is. I, I think at this point, look, they've had a lot of time okay. to turn my house into a shrine. You know what? My parents still live at my house. They do. So uh, they would be so annoyed if they were like, uh, you know, Doctor Mrs. O'Brien. There's a tour coming through now. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have to get out. You have to go hide in that closet. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, people come in and push buttons on different rooms and find out what happened. They're like, really? He's not, he's not even that famous. He's not like a president. I know. Kennedy was president. This guy's just yeah. one of 700 talk show hosts. Sorry, you have to go. But I'm so in favor of my name going on a, on a school. And then your mascot. My mascot, well, I mean, obviously, it could be a, just a giant red pompadour. Oh, you I was know? thinking yeah. the potatoes. The potatoes? I don't know. Is that racist towards the Irish? Oh, not at all. <laughs> we love our we love our taters. Love a tato. <laughs> I'm telling you again, Irish people do not get upset when you make fun of the Irish. It's I the know. it's the group that never gets upset. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. We're it could be a potato. I mean, there's many things. It's hard for me to say what it could be. I think it could be a pompadour. The fight and pompadour. Yeah, the fight and pompadour. So it could be a, a giant pompadour, and then there's two arms that come out with little boxing gloves on it, and that guy dances around and makes jabbing motions in the air. Okay. Uh, just before the game. The masturbating bear. No, no, they're not the masquerading. That was something from the old show. Okay. And, and, and there's kids. There's As kids. an elementary school. It's an elementary school. <laughs> well, it's kind of educational. It, it teaches is. that it's okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. That's great. Shame. The masturbating bear. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is going to hurt my chances of this name Sorry, happening. I'm sorry. Okay. okay, all right. Masturbating Pompadour. The masturbating Pompadour. That's better. And he also yeah. fights. <laughs> Yeah, he he boxes the air uh, with little boxing gloves and then masturbates and then calm. He gets so calm he can't fight anymore. The masturbating He's, fighting the masturbating fighting pompadour. We've decided, and I'll have the um, I'll have it constructed. No problem. I desperately want this to happen. I wonder if there's anything I can do to make this happen. I know. Well, I'll I will do- say that this um, voicemail is from about a year ago, oh. so I'm worried that something else might have happened. We'll see. Shoot. Well, why didn't you bring this to my attention I sooner? Just, just heard it. I just. You just heard it. It was a year ago. There are too many to go through. Too many to go through. Listen to you. I want a full investigation. Adam, I want Adam Sachs to make a full investigation as to how this slipped through the grade. I had a chance to be have an elementary school named after me. We could have started a whole campaign. Yeah. We could have, right now, there could be a life-size pompadour swinging through the air and then masturbating uh, <laughs> somewhere. And, and no, it's not going to happen now because you. Well, you, I don't even screen these. Who so does? 
someone does. else does. Well, someone who left. Someone who left, yeah. meaning they don't work for us anymore. Right. I feel like you'd have a better chance to have a school named after you if you died. Like if you. I like where this is headed. I'm not. Yeah. I'm trying not <laughs> like to say. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say it is true. Also, if I died in a noble way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because if I auto asphyxiate. Or oh, that would be appropriate for the mascot. No, I know, but let's get let's let's get off this this uh, you know. Sona brought us into masturbation I'm town, sorry. and I'm going to take <laughs> us out. I want to get us back to yes. I think if I were to uh, expire in the pursuit of some noble cause, that would certainly help my chances for sure. Yeah, for sure, so we got to figure that out. Well, yeah, but also you know, I do think now there's a lot of name changes happening. Sure, racial issues, racial yeah. issues, and so they're getting rid of a lot of Confederate names, like maybe. You could just slide in on one of those. You mean slide, like have a statue somewhere in Georgia? Uh, not a statue. I'm saying like, you know, you could campaign to have your name replace any school that, you know, was like Robert E. Lee High School. I know. But my own, my hometown, my parents would be so proud. I know. This is, you know, and Brookline, well, I mean, if it just imagine. Maybe they're listening. Maybe. Brookline, if you're listening, if you haven't changed the name yet, uh-huh. think about it. I will, I will record all school announcements as Rose Kennedy. Um, there was a suspicious smell in the gymnasium. This is where the ambassador used to give wedgies to other people on the track team. Uh, no, I would, uh, I would definitely, I would definitely do that. Yeah. I would definitely, um, very much in favor of that. I'm so excited. Uh-huh. And this might be a mistake, but I'm going to get my hopes up really high. Oh, oh I, well, I have bad news because we've already researched it. Thank you, Blake. It is now the Florida Ruffin Ridley School. What? Who's who's that? That really rolls off the tongue. The Florida <laughs> Ruffin? What? The fighting Florida Ruffins. I don't know. Uh, renamed on June 19th, 2019. Oh, you're oh, late. I, I, this, I want a full investigation as to why I was not informed. This is malfeasance. This is criminal negligence. Yeah. Uh, I want... Thank you, Sona. Heads are going to roll. No, seriously, uh, this was a chance. This was a huge chance for me. But you know what? Florida Ruffin was on the ball. Yeah. Florida Ruffin had her podcast campaign ready to go. Oh. Yeah. She was a suffragist. Oh, yikes. That makes sense. Sorry. So she really campaigned for women to get the vote. Yeah. Okay. I'm on. I'm cool. I'm on that. I'm on their side. No, Florida sounds cool. Not the greatest name, Conan O'Brien's school. It is. Florida Ruffin. I mean, she but did. it's a, not too late. I mean, there's got to be a middle school and a high school at least, So right? many schools. A lot of schools in Brookline. What school do you go to? I go to O'Brien Middle School. That I went to the Michael Driscoll good. School. I went to the Michael Driscoll Elementary School, public school. They well, could rename that. Why don't we find something that Michael Driscoll did that was yeah. shitty? That's true. Or, or yeah. just frame him. Even if he didn't, let's frame him. Let's frame him. You oh, know what we'll do? Let's hire, let's hire a page. cheap private detective to, <laughs> yeah. to nose around and get some dirt on Michael Driscoll. <laughs> And they'll probably Oppo find research. Yeah, they'll, I'm sure he's gonna it's gonna turn out he's an absolute saint. But then we'll yeah we'll make up some stuff. We'll be we'll like up. yeah, you know, was uh, dry cleaning bill he never paid. Oh my back god, in 1914. <laughs> so he really stiffed that dry cleaner. Let's take that name down. We can't have a dry cleaner stiffer. Yeah, I would go to that ceremony. I will make personal appearances. I will donate my time and money to making that school a success. So if there's a Conan O'Brien school in Brookline, I yeah. promise you that Brookline, you mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Let's make this dream a reality. Let's do this. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Becton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.